0: Did you know that hedgehogs can reach the top speed of a whopping 4 miles per hour? Just a wee bit short of breaking the sound barrier. Are you aware of the fact that they aren't actually blue? I know, crazy right? Even crazier, hedgehogs aren't actually friends with foxes. Probably because foxes eat hedgehogs. Kinda makes you wonder why Sega chose this spiny hedgehog to be the speedy Gonzales of the video game world. It's a good thing they allowed their company mascot to blaze trails of fire with the sneakers across the hearts of just about every gamer, because Sonic is awesome. Video games don't have to be scientifically accurate when anthropomorphizing animals for the purpose of defeating an evil doctor who goes by the name Robotnik. Creativity over accuracy, I say. All right, let's beat into the world of Sonic the Hedgehog. This is video game lore. Welcome to Video Game Lore, the podcast where I ring up knowledge on your favorite video games and uncover the fascinating mythology behind the most beloved characters, magical items, and mystical worlds. I'm your host and self-proclaimed ludologist, Matt Varish. Thank you for joining me. This is the first of my Pixel Cryptid series, where I do a brief, yet thorough, exploration of a single video game character. Today's episode is Supersonic Spines. Sonic the Hedgehog is Sega's yin to Nintendo's yang with Mario. Both are iconic and instantly recognizable. While Mario may have ruled the majority of the 80s, the 90s birthed some much needed competition in the form of a blue cartoonized hedgehog that could run incredibly fast. Sonic the Hedgehog put Sega and its 16-bit Genesis on the U.S. map, introducing gamers to the very first console war. Sega versus Nintendo, Sonic versus Mario, Rings versus Mushrooms, Who knew it would take a mascot-less Sony PlayStation to dethrone them both? But before Sega and Sonic lost most of their golden rings in the new millennium, they had a nice cache of them to carry them through the 90s. And that was in a large part because Sonic was, and still is, cool. Cool though Sonic may be, hedgehogs have been recognized as mostly uncool all throughout history. Long before a 13-year-old me discovered and fell in love with Sonic in 1991, hedgehogs were seen as pests, as well as a symbol of rebirth and protection. Seems things haven't changed much since the Hedgehog went digital. So before I delve into the lore and mythology behind our spiny speed demon, let's return to the planet Mobius and refresh ourselves with Sonic's origin. In 1990, Sega of Japan was in the hunt for a flagship series and mascot to compete with the juggernaut that was Mario. Sonic the Hedgehog was born out of an internal contest where programmer Yuji Naka and artist Naoto Oshima gladly took on the challenge. The duo created a tech demo, which Sega management promptly picked up. Naka and Oshima were then joined by designer Hirozaku Yasuhara, and they were off to the races to create their... Rabbit protagonist? That's right, a rabbit. And not only was their early sprite a rabbit, but it had prehensile ears designed to grasp objects. Weird. Thankfully, the concept was too complex for the hardware at that time, So the team decided to turn the rabbit into a different animal that could roll into a ball. Enter Sonic the Teal Hedgehog. Yes, teal. I'd like to see those original drawings. Anyway, his color was later changed to match Sega's cobalt blue logo. A brilliant move, seeing as Sonic the Hedgehog became a console pack-in for the Genesis. With Sonic's blazing speed, cool characters and attitude, catchy iconic music and beautiful pixel graphics and colors, Sonic was a smash hit. It didn't take long for Sega to explode in popularity in North America and become a fierce competitor to the king of video games, Nintendo. Thus began the infamous 90s console war. Sonic would eventually be joined by his sidekick, Tails, a two-tailed fox who could fly like a helicopter using, you guessed it, his tails. Knuckles the Echidna was Sonic's friendly red rival who knew martial arts and could smash boulders with his spiked fists. The trio dedicated their efforts to stopping the sinister machinations of Dr. Ivo Robotnik, also known as Dr. Eggman. The bulbous mad scientist with the outrageous orange mustache was obsessed with collecting chaos emeralds to turn all animals into robots and conquer the world. But what is it about our heroic hedgehog that so captures our imagination? Is it his blazing blue color? Perhaps his red and white Michael Jackson sneakers? Maybe his speed and cool attitude? All of the above? Or is it something more profound? The hedgehog has roots in European folklore and as far back in history as the ancient Egyptians. The real-life hedgehog may not be blue, nor particularly fast, but their place in mythology runs deep. So, without further ado, let's explore the lore. Did you know the hedgehogs are witches in disguise? Neither did I. Seems our spiny friend has a bit of a bad reputation throughout history. For example, in 1566 Britain, the English Parliament put a three-pence bounty on the head of each hedgehog that was caught and killed. They were despised for their supposed witchcraft and shape-shifting abilities. On top of that, medieval farmers believed hedgehogs to be thieves who stole eggs and sucked milk from their cows at night. In Gaelic, they are grainyog, which translates into little ugly thing. The Mongolians also perceived hedgehogs in a negative light though was mostly likely due to their sly and crafty nature. In a Mongolian folktale called The Crafty Little Hedgehog, a wolf, a fox, and a hedgehog vie to eat a plum that falls from a sack of a passing caravan. The hedgehog manages to outsmart its friend twice before claiming the prize all for itself. Despite the negative connotation, Mongolians believe this little ball of spice could be used to ward off quote-unquote bad things. Unfortunately, the only bad things that come from this was the slaughter of innocent hedgehogs whose skins were placed over doorways. Gross. The Egyptians had a different perspective. They believed hedgehogs to be symbols of rebirth. Hedgehogs are known to retreat into their underground dens where food is scarce and reappear when it is again available. The most common representation of hedgehogs in ancient Egypt is in the form of amulets, but there are also images of them in tombs and on pottery ships. Hedgehog ships. That's one way to get Sonic to run on water. As far back as the first century, Pliny the Elder, in his Historia Naturalis, spoke of hedgehogs climbing trees that knocked down apples. They would then roll upon the fruit, thus impaling them on their spines so they could carry the succulent treats home to eat. A truly remarkable feat, which was disproven much later by scientists. My favorite bit of information I dug up was about a particular holiday, Hedgehog Day. Never heard of it? Well, it's because we all know it as groundhog day. Well before a Punxsutawney Phil became the official prognosticator of spring, the Romans turned to Sonic's distant relative. Quote, "If during hibernation he, the hedgehog, looks out of his den on February 2nd and sees his shadow, it means there is a clear moon and 6 more weeks of winter. So he returns to his burrow." I suppose every hog must have its day. I know Sonic did. And thus we spin-roll to the finish line of our exploration of the Hedgehog, both real and digital. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed researching it. I've always held a special place in my heart for Sonic, despite being a die-hard Nintendo fan. Though the 90s console war divided video game lovers, both companies eventually taught us all that it was okay to enjoy both sides of the competition. I mean, Sonic and Mario even became friends and co-starred in a few video games. Who would have ever seen that coming? I guess the Hedgehog really is crafty. Thank you for listening to this episode of Video Game Lore. If you liked what you heard, I implore you to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. I would truly appreciate the gesture. Video Game Lore is brought to you by Night Apple Creations, a multimedia production company from the minds of yours truly and Stephanie Varish. It specializes in books, art, videos, and audio. Stop on by and have a look around at nightapplecreations.com where you can find the link to my podcast website. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at VGLorePodcast. That's the letters V as in video, G as in game, Lore Podcast. You can find this information in the episode notes of your podcast app. Thanks again, and until next time, when I provide for you some more lore on your favorite video games, namely The Legend of Zelda's Triforce, keep on playing. I'm Matt Varish and this is Video Game Lore.